Sports Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther, coming to you live from Cincinnati, Ohio, with my co-host, Joey Nocheloprano. Hello, Andy. I didn't give you the proper live from Los Angeles, California. That's quite all right. I like to mix it up sometimes. You're, you're repping your boy strong today. Oh, come on, Andy. I got the sweatshirt on. I got the hat on. I got the underwear on. I got the slippers on. Let's go. The New York football giants have returned to their four-time championship glory. Actually, eight times if you count non-Super Bowls. Four-time Super Bowl championship glory. I mean, Cole McCoy is Jeff Hostetler. Wayne Gallman is Otis Anderson. Joe Judge is Bill Parcells reincarnate. This team is on fire. You know, I, it's funny because during that game, I was actually coaching a third grade team. The season is happening. So I, I missed the first half. And, uh, and you, get, you, 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 you find out it's a very Seahawks halftime. Five nothing. Like, why? How come every Seahawks game has enough? Like that that scoreagami or whatever. The majority of the ones that have been broken in the last ten years have to be Pete Carroll Seahawks games. There's what? always a safety. They're always drop kicking. Like, there's always some weird score. They're like, this one's gonna only be worth four because you got the touchdown, but then the point after hit all three crossbars, and therefore it is minus two. Well, yeah, this year I feel like it's been more stable, but obviously that was an odd score. Um, I mean, at one point it was 12. Fucking seven. Yeah. 12, eight, 12, eight. The, the giants had to go for two at one point. Cause to go up eight, five, I mean, at one point the score was eight, five. It's like a wild card baseball game. How many games in a row have the giants won? Four in a row after starting one and seven, they are now five and seven. I mean, honestly, yesterday could be the biggest Giants win since I don't know when. I mean, it, it's a combination of so many things, but obviously I said it on Thursday. I did not pick the Giants to win that game. I like what the Giants have been doing. I think the entire year since maybe week two, I've been saying as bad as the Giants are, their defense is frisky more action on the defense that I've seen in, you know, since God knows when, a decade ago. And I still don't think they win that game with Colt McCoy, but they do. And they, and I mean, huge for them to get that win to, to take full control of the NFC East, no matter what happens, you know, with a Washington or a Dallas win the rest of the weekend, Monday, Tuesday, with Colt McCoy is against the Seahawks is incredible. I mean, it's a, it's it's really a huge win for them. Yeah, the Seahawks obviously 
they can't put it, they can't put it together from both sides of the ball. Their offense plays bad. Their defense plays better. Although the defense yesterday, you know, 190 yards. What did Gallman have? Like 135 yards rushing. Yeah. Now he has 70 on one carry, um, which was the big one that set up their first score. And honestly, I'll say one thing about the Seahawks and Pete Carroll and whatever is the defense plays good enough where it really seems like the Giants aren't going to win the game. The Giants are going to lose the game 5 nothing or 8 nothing or 12 nothing because they just cannot score. Then they get a huge run by Gallman, and they go down there and they get a score. After that, I, I really still think, you know, there was no sign that the Giants were going to be able to move the ball. Pete Carroll has a fourth and one at midfield, and he goes for it inexplicably like the Giants can't move the ball and you give them the ball at midfield. And, and once again, you give them momentum and they get a nice Gallman run again and they get down close. And then Colt McCoy, the, you know, I found out pregame yesterday, his real first name is Daniel. So Daniel Colt McCoy, AKA Danny dimes rolls out on a play action and they get another touchdown. And that was, everything that they needed in terms of momentum. I mean, scoring 17 points in a football game isn't, you know, some kind of crazy offensive output. I could not believe Pete Carroll, first of all, went for it there. And second of all, fourth and one at midfield, just run the ball. Well, look, I I think coaches are, again, we've seen it, like you said, this year, the fourth down calls have in my opinion, been the worst that I've ever seen from all the levels. From you know, I, I just I don't know what's going on. Like, and then the whole take the points. No, nobody just takes the points on the other end of things. And I think I think there's a lot of occasions where you really have to break it down. What's in the best interest here in terms of what we're doing offensively, what we're doing defensively, what the other team's doing. But the Giants not being able to move the ball and them having it at midfield and not either going with Chris Carson run or a Russell Wilson sneak. Instead, they try to like roll Russell out like naked into a flat pass or like it, it didn't work for a half a second. But they did the same thing. Do you remember the Philly game? Like multiple times where they're going for it on fourth and short. I know at least once and they didn't get it. And you're saying, I, I just don't, you know what they never have him do, which I never understood. Obviously, he's a small guy, but so is Breeze. And I know Breeze does this a lot. They never do the QB sneak with Russ. He's smart enough to know where to go, I think. Right. They never do that. I, I just assumed that they were going to. Yeah, I think Pete Carroll outsmarted himself on that play. And then you got to – again, we talked about the Giants' defense, but credit the Giants' defense. I mean, late in the game especially, they weren't blitzing Russ. They were literally just getting to him – with their front three, their front four, and they they shut him down. I mean, the, there was pressure on him all day, and Russ was holding the ball too long. Uh, uh, Lockett went out early in the game, ended up coming back in. Bradbury, who's been a ridiculous this year, puts a little bit of the clamps on DK. Your DBs are pretty the, good. Yeah, at least to the point where it wasn't just like the DK Metcalf safety blanket that Russ has had a lot of the year. And that's all she wrote. I mean, I, I really, as, as far as the Giants and like, it's a culture changing win 
in my opinion. Yeah, I, I think I agree with you. And, and all of my friends, all the guys on my Giants thread down the stretch yesterday are going like, here, here we go. Now, they give them, now they're punting the ball back to them. And they're down five. Like, this game's over. Good teams win this game. We, we're not a good team. And I was like, guys, I mean, good teams win this game. I agree. Let's see what happens. And they did. And I really just – with the way their defense is playing – Right now in the playoffs, right if the playoffs started today, they play this Seattle team at home, hopefully with Daniel Jones. Like, you can't say, like, oh, God, we're so scared of that. I mean, you literally just beat them. Yeah, I think for me, this year, especially with COVID, all bets are off, right? Like, like as far as what's going to happen, I, I just feel, I don't know. And you feel it in the air, the energy. It's so tough to predict. I think we keep seeing things happening that no one saw that. Like, like no one – I don't. I forget what I picked. I thought it would be a closer game. I think the spread was ridiculous. It was 10 points. But um, C- Seattle, in my opinion, a lot of times under Carroll plays I, – I don't know. I feel like he, they play to their competition a lot. Yeah. Over his – but from the Giants' side, they, they do. They have a good defense. I've actually watched them a lot. They have a really solid defense. And if you have a defense, you stay in games. End of story. I mean, we saw that last night with, with Denver, right? Not yeah, that Denver absolutely. has the best defense, but Denver's defense played how they had to play and not giving up touchdowns and holding right Kansas City to three field goals to start. And it gives you a chance to win. Like The thing I also take away from that Giants game is it's now – a thing across both conferences. There's two teams in each conference, the Chiefs, the Steelers, the Saints, the Packers. After those two teams, is is any playoff team, is any team that's going to make the playoffs significantly for sure better than the next team? No. Like, I, I just don't think – I don't think the Seahawks are clearly better than the Giants – I don't think the Seahawks are clearly better than the than the Vikings who are now in or the Rams. I don't think the, you know, I don't think the Titans are better than the Dolphins or the Browns or or the Titans are like who, you know, I mean look at the Titans yesterday. Look at the Browns yesterday. I mean we're, we're obviously going to go through all these games, but I just don't like those there's four teams, the two teams at the top of of both conferences. Other than that, like truly anything is possible in playoff matchups. Well, again, I think it's teams can't put it together both sides of the ball, right? So, like, take the Titans game yesterday. The Titans defense was awful the first half. The Browns defense has been pretty good. Their offense has been awful most of the year. Yesterday, they clicked on both. You know what I'm saying? Like, most – there's a big – in my opinion, just watching games, there's a big lack of consistency from both sides of the ball. And that's why all these teams, like you're saying, Rams are a prime example. Rams have not been able to really – now, yesterday they looked great, but put together both sides of the ball. And I think that's where you're right. The level of – the playing field is so leveled out where, oh, come playoffs. Yeah, and to be honest, even – I know they're going to hate hearing this because they're hearing it all the time from all the analysts and talk shows. But even the Steelers, to me, are like, eh. I, I mean, I agree with you. Um, but I like as a as a sort of Tomlin detractor, the past few years, I'm just going to say, you know, 
you, you credit where credit's due. They're not losing games. Sure. Uh, we'll see what happens. I mean, even the Chiefs, like they're they're not blowing teams out, but they're clear. They clearly have all the talent. You know, when I watch the Giants, what's what's crazy is that their their defense has been good all year and like getting better, and also hampered a little bit in all the statistical categories by an offense that could never move the ball, an offense that was turning the ball over. And then you have a couple of games in a row where Daniel Jones doesn't turn the ball over and they win three straight. Then you get Colt McCoy in there and it's just like, play easy, don't turn the ball over. He turns the ball over once on a really tough, uh, you know, tipped interception. And honestly, it's protect the ball and play defense and 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 run the Wayne – Gallman train into the down the field and you're in games and honestly it's like to me when I watch that game yesterday I'm going like let's play close let's let's keep the momentum in the locker room win or lose that when we get our starting starting quarterback we can win games to win that game with a backup I truly feel like now they go who can't we beat now we play the Browns and the Cardinals and the whoever and the Cowboys down the stretch. Like we can win all those games. None of those teams are significantly better than the Seahawks. Yeah, I I want to talk about the Browns for a minute because that game. Wow, wow, I was just I was surprised. And also, you got to give credit where credit's due. I mean, Baker Mayfield had a great game. Yeah, absolutely. He had, he had a phenomenal game and and in and in. All time. I mean, somebody put me onto this because shout out to Emiliano. He put me onto this because I'm I'm blocked by this guy after responding to his reckless and ludicrous claims. I believe it was last year, two years ago, that Cam Newton was an MVP candidate. But Mike Freeman went with a similarly reckless, you know, try to trigger everybody on Twitter hot take. Baker Mayfield MVP candidate. I'm like can we play one really good half of football now and be MVP candidates? Is, that's, is, Colt McCoy, is Colt McCoy an MVP candidate? That's troll or moron. That's just moron. I, yeah, like I, I just believe he's a moron. No, Baker did look great in the first half. And yeah, he looked fantastic. They're also obviously running the ball. They have a great tandem at running back, and the Browns run the ball well, and the Browns have a good defense. I, I It's crazy, man. The Browns are 9-3. and three. The Cleveland Browns are nine and three. I know they're going to have a winning record. They're probably going to make the playoffs. No, they're they're. I think they're ninety seven percent to make the playoffs. I don't know if you saw that last night on the they they brought in the MSNBC guy to start doing, you know, electoral maps for the playoffs. But yeah, the then, Browns are the Browns are pretty much in. The Browns have the what the third best record in football. Yeah. And it just stinks that they're in a division with an undefeated team. So, you know, they can't win most likely and they get that wild card. And then on the other side of the ball, the Titans. Obviously, you and I both said last week, we think they are a threat to Kansas City, how they play. Their defense, though. Well, we said they're the biggest threat to Kansas City because of their style of play. Correct. Now, I got in a huge argument with my brother about them yesterday, and it was so stupid because he doesn't follow enough, and he kept bringing it up. They lost to the Bengals, and I'm like, dude, it's football any given Sunday. Yeah. You know, and the Bengals pre, you know, before Joe Burrow got hurt, I'm like, they're in all the games for the most part. They got waxed by Baltimore, but they're in the games. I, I don't know, though, man. Their defense is – I mean, that, that, would be, that would be the thing to give, 
you know, to say in a sense that your brother is right, which is if you're going to give up 41 points to the Browns and you're going to get beat by the Bengals. And again, the Browns are a good team. There's no, they're nine and three. It's not taking it, but, but if you're going to play a game where they have a very strong running game, you've got Derrick Henry, you can play this grinded out kind of offense that we talk about is a way to control the chiefs, but, but Baker Mayfield drops a 40 burger on you, you know, like then you're not a threat at all. Like you just need to play way better defense. If your strategy is going to be Derrick Henry pound you in the fourth quarter, control the ball. And, and that's what we've seen from the Titans that makes the Titans dangerous is that they'll reel off points late in the game, running him down your throat. You can't run Derrick Henry down your throat after he's, you know, he's, he's punished your offense, your defensive line and your linebackers for three quarters. And now in the fourth quarter, he can go off if you're down 28 points. Yeah. So the idea that they were, and, and I agree, agreed with you that that would be the strategy to control a team like the Chiefs. You're, if you can't keep the, the Browns from dropping 40 on you, you're not going to stop the Chiefs from dropping 40 on you. Well, the big number on the Titans this year is their third downs. So they have like one of the worst, I think it's the worst in the NFL as far as the percentage that people are converting third downs on their defense. And that's just not going to win games. You got to stop teams on third down. And And honestly, if you're the Titans, like even if your defense isn't what it once was, or it's not elite, you still need a bend, but don't break strategy. If you give up three fourth downs on a drive and, and you stop them on one, Percentage-wise on third down, you don't look that good. You're giving up 75. You're letting guys complete 75% of the third downs. But it's, it's timely. Stop them on the last one and keep them out of the end zone. You are not a threat to win anything if Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns are putting 40 on you. And that's not a diss of the Browns. Yeah, I know. Well, it's, it's for sure going to be exciting. Um, there are teams, though, I, I got to get this out the way. I know I've been on him a little, but I got to be on him even more. The, the Chargers just need to get rid of Anthony. Anthony Lynn is a bad coach. I mean, at this point, there's nothing to blame but coaching when you lose. Like, uh, I saw, what's his name? What's their running back? Eckler on, uh, on the local L.A. postgame show yesterday doing a Zoom kind of call-in. And he said, look, it's, if, you, if you get beat 45 nothing." you can't say, Oh, it's bad coaching. Like it's a little bit on the players too. Like we got to be able to score a point. We got to be able to stop them at some point. But at the same time, I completely agree with you, which is you come in to a home game with a Patriots team that the one thing they can't do is score. And you have a high powered offense. The one thing you can do is score to lose 45, nothing. It's embarrassing. I mean, it's just unacceptable. And they have talent. Like the Chargers, if you look at a talent level, obviously they're going to have the rookie of the year most likely at quarterback. You got the receivers. You got Eckler was injured, but he's back. You got guys on defense who battled injuries, but they're like they're good as far as talent wise. They've shown it. But I hundred percent agree. I think the thing with the Chargers is, and if you have to flip one way or the other. I, I almost think that they're doing the wrong thing, but like for so many years and 
you know, they obviously happened to play yesterday and get beat by them yesterday. But for so many years, besides Tom Brady, which I'm putting Tom Brady in quotes as a playmaker, like you didn't have playmakers on the Patriots. You're not looking at both sides of the ball being like, this guy's a, you know, a ball hawk corner and this guy's a touchdown machine and whatever. Like Gronk, okay, but like Gronk wasn't, you know, first of all, he's hurt a lot, but he's also not like a game-breaking, oh, my God, playmate. Like the Patriots on both sides of the ball for an enti- almost the entirety of a dynasty run don't have what you would call standard quote-unquote playmaker types. The Chargers, that's all they have. I feel like they have no stability, no like underbelly to either side of their ball, no depth, certainly not coaching. It's just like this guy's really good and this guy's really good. But it's like if you don't have a personality offensively or defensively outside of like Bosa's a really good player, hope he, hope he gets a bunch of strip sacks. You know what I mean? It actually kind of has a Bill O'Brien's Texans feel a little bit with Watt and Watson and Fuller and Hopkins, but what? But you don't have any sort of stability or real personality other than we've got a bunch of really talented guys who all aren't going to be stopped at certain times. Yeah. Well, obviously, I think they're going to make that change. Even even our guy, Sean Merriman, I saw posted, you just can't score zero points with this talent. Yeah. you like He wrote, you have to make changes. And then there was the thing going around, which you sent me as well, and special teams, they're not getting the guys out on the field and or they're having too many. There was like five penalties on special teams. Special teams, they were atrocious. Yeah. And, and the Patriots are always going to be good on special teams. But again, 45 nothing. It, it wasn't just special teams. It wasn't just offense. It wasn't just defense. It's the whole thing. And that's where you got to come back to and say, the whole thing is the head coach of the football team. Well, I guess the Chargers can take some solace in they are not the Cincinnati Bengals. Did you yeah. see? Did you see what happened in Miami yesterday? Miami yesterday. They're they're basically the Cincinnati Bengals, except Herbert hasn't been wasn't murdered earlier in the year. I don't even know what to say while I'm watching this game. I, why are you? You're such a like. You you've given up on the Bengals so many times, but like. Boy, if they're not on your TV full-time. Well, because they're the local game, right? Right. So I have to – You have to watch one local. I have to watch one. The the big screen's got four, and the smaller screen's – I got to choose the local. Right. Which is either normally the Browns or the Bengals. And the Browns game was not on local. It was the Bengals. So I'm stuck with Bengals Bengals Dolphins, which – I wasn't really paying attention to until the jail, the jail, you know, the, the inmates were acting up again. Class, I mean, it never changes. It doesn't matter who the head coach is. Marvin Lewis, Zach Taylor. I don't know if you know what happened. The Bengals are, this is the lack of discipline they have. That player, Thomas, tackled a punt returner before he could catch it earlier in the game. The coaches don't even, they don't even discipline him. They don't take him out. He does the same thing again, which caused the fight, right? And I don't think a lot of people realize this. So he did the same thing twice. And here's what makes it even funnier. After the fight breaks out, the melee guys are kicked out of the game, penalties, 
you know, Flores is trying to fight the Bengals. Prano, this is classic Bengals move. They put that guy back in on the punt team. Yeah. Hey, do, you, do you think that there's any sort of psychological thing with the Bengals? Because you said it's different coaches. It's different whatever. It doesn't matter that their colors are jumpsuit, like prison jumpsuit orange, and then like with prison jumpsuit stripes. <laughs> like I know, I know normally you don't get the stripe. It's either the stripes or the orange. But when you come up, like it's almost like a super prison uniform. The Bengals are super prisoners, super yeah. prisoners, basically. Yeah, yeah. It, dude, this is like a Marvel movie. Yeah, exactly. Like all the super prisoners. We're escape. putting all of the Bengals on the rock. <laughs> the rock. It, I mean, it's like, I want to give a shout out to that ref, though. I posted that clip on Dirty Sports Twitter. He didn't even need a script to go over all the penalties and who was kicked out and who got 15 yards and blah, blah, blah. Like I've never, I have never, it took him over a minute to read all the penalties. It was wild. And the dolphins, that was a huge win for them. And, Cause and it was, it, you know, it was especially fun. Cause he was like on the charge of personal foul, we find number 47 guilty <laughs> on the charge of, Reckless endangerment of another football player. We find the defendant guilty. He's going through all the charges one at a time. Yeah, it's unbelievable. I, I don't know, man, but, but that, that's the most Bengals thing ever. And nothing's, again, nothing's going to change as long as that idiot's owning the team and, and the culture. I don't know, man. I got, I got so much I need to accomplish now. I feel like I need to own the Bengals. I think I might be going for president. I'm sorry, man. You got somebody, you got competition, like all these things. There's talk of me going to run for city council for Cincinnati. Great. Three city council members out of eight have been arrested or charged or had to leave because of bribe charges in the last year. Two Democrats, one Republican. So there's a, there's a lot of obvious bad shit going on in city council so who knows prano maybe i'll run for cincinnati council i I think you should i just want you to run for city council because i just want to see the social media things that people unearth in trying to cancel your campaign well we have a call about that actually later in the show that's a good great great we have a call from kyle aronofsky about um some old andy ruther social media i love it and you know at this point i'm ready to be transparent about everything uh but I hope they don't find that during my coaching days. I got to give a quick plug. We did win our first game, a sudden death overtime, because that's what they do for third graders. Now that sudden death overtime, first basket wins? Yep. Jeez, that is, that's worse than starting guys on second base. Um, <laughs> I guess when they're third graders and they don't make that many points. Yeah. Uh, f- like, is it, is it, um, I mean, it's is chaos. It sud- is it like, First basket or five minutes, whichever happens first. So the game was 16 to 16 heading into overtime. Yeah. So you're averaging four points a quarter. I mean, 16, 16 is uh, as far as third grade basketball goes, that's like a Rockets Warriors game. That's basically 160, 160. Well, we got a really good player. He had, he had, uh, he had 10 of the 16 heading into the fourth quarter. That's a third grade record. Oh, I went, I went rogue as a coach. We have an offense. But I pulled him aside and I said, "Look, man. Oh, you're the, you. 
I know my my the head coach you lost my, the plot in game one. That well, my, you know, my buddy is all about the teamwork, and so am I. Yeah. But I said, look, man, when you see that lane, they can't stop you. I've been preaching, don't go full Kobe. But then, in a way, I I didn't say go full Kobe. I told him, I know we have our offense where we've taught you guys, you know, the plays and how to set picks. But if you see that lane. Until they stop, you just take it. And he had 12 of our 18 points. This is, this is straight out of uh, Bad News Bears. When Kelly Leak is just, you know, catching fly balls in right field in front of, in front of the shitty players. But, no, I, I think we worked well as a team. You know, there's, there's a lot of things to do. But third grade is like, – He's thought- going to call all the points. Hey, you, fat kid, just try to take a bunch of charges. Anytime you see coming, people come down the lane, just get run over. I did find myself, and I hopefully the parents weren't bothered by this because I'm sure they have a good sense of humor too. I, I was laughing out loud multiple times during the game. And I have a face shield so the kids can see me. So I couldn't hide behind a mask because third grade, dude. Because the refs still have to explain, hey, man, that's a travel. Like you can't yeah. just run around the court, double dribble. I mean, the refs still have to explain to James Harden what a travel is, so. Yeah, this this will never end. But anyway, quick plug on that. So we did win our first game. It's exciting. Yeah, yeah it's exciting, man. We got so two, one and zero. One and zero. We got two games this week, Saturday and Sunday. And uh, geez, back to back. Is the is the uh, one kid gonna take off a game? You know, get set a little rest. Get a little. Uh, what do they call that in the NBA? Rest. No, what am I forgetting? Time management. Load management. Oh, load management. Yeah. Yeah. Did you see that there's they're they're proposing a load management rule? No. Players will not be able to sit without an injury for like high profile games. Personally, I like it. I think it's good for the fans. It's good for the game. Right. Sure. I mean, I mean, I I feel like it's a rule that really didn't doesn't need to be kind of said anyway, but like. Basically, only it's basically the Greg Popovich rule, and Popovich doesn't have any stars these days. But like, even the LeBrons and the Kawhis, like Kawhi last year on the Clippers a little bit, but you know he's he's another year removed from injury. Like I don't know that a lot of those guys are sitting out prime time ESPN basketball games anyway. But it's good rule to have. It's good rule to have in place just in case. Sure. No, I, I agree. I, I think, again, it's, it's better for the fans, especially viewing. And also, if you do have tickets in a non-COVID season, it's important. Let's get back to the NFL, Joe. Are the Jets purposely trying to go 0-16? I, I would I say no. That final and, play, man, I don't know. Well, here's the thing. He catches and, that – He catches real quick, he catches that inbounds, the game is over. I understand. But here's the thing. Greg Williams has been fired, right? But so not he, Adam Gase. Again. Right, but, but I'm saying if Greg Williams is dialing up that defense, is he – he's tanking. First of all, Adam Gase won't be the head coach next year, right? Like I feel like the Jets organization may be tanking in keeping Adam Gase. Are the Jets players and coaching staff tanking? I would say no. And, and, and again, we, we have talked about this on the show before, but even playing in the NFL, it, it's impossible to tank because you're putting yourself at risk of injury. 
and no one wants to like lose their battle. You know, yeah. these guys, who knows who will or won't be on the Jets next year. If you're a receiver, you're not like, oh, I just don't care about catching balls. I'm going to catch balls for Trevor Lawrence next year. You may not be there if you don't put up good stats. So I don't think the players are tanking. I certainly think that the coaching staff isn't tanking. The only people I think may be tanking is the organizational heads who are like, we're just going to tank by keeping Adam Gase. And then what they do is they fire Greg Williams to pretend they're not tanking, but they are. Yeah. So no, I don't think that the jets are up in that game. I don't think there's any conversation on the sideline or anything where they're saying, here's how we give up this touchdown because it's a lot easier than like they could have given up touchdowns way easier than that. Right. Well, if you're a Jets or Raiders fan, you're welcome. I mean, I, the Ruth or curse. I, it's unbelievable. I send out that tweet. Yeah, it, it's incredible. I mean, the, the thing is, it is, it's certainly in the Jets, in the Jets' best interest to lose that game. Right? How does that happen? Though? Like how, that's what I'm saying. How can you, because... Well, because Greg Greg Williams sent everybody, but it, he, sent it, it, told, he, he sent the entire team. But that's what I'm saying. It's not in like the a, most reckless defensive call of all time. Hail Marys happen, right, Joe? We both agree. That's like, not even a hail mary, and that's my point. That's what I'm getting to. Hail marys happen. The balls batted around. Got you know, like we saw it with DeAndre Hopkins a few weeks ago in Arizona. Guys make crazy catches. They make a catch off a of bounce. We've seen that with Aaron Rodgers so many times. But this wasn't even a hail mary. This was just boom. The receiver does a double move in and basically does, you know. But essentially, I think it, I, I essentially think it was a Hail Mary in a sense where it's like if, he, if Carr has time, right, he's sitting back there and he's waiting and he's waiting and he's waiting and he's throwing it when people get down to the end zone. But when they go full out blitz and you know you have coverage on the outside. Who blitzes? Again, who is blitzing? Well, Greg Williams and he was fired for it. Now, it. Greg Williams has coached for so many teams and has done so many horrible things. He's the, you know, obviously the face and brain behind Bounty Gate. Now, if you're telling me that the Jets organization goes to Greg Williams directly and says, tank, I could see that because that guy's clearly for sale, right? Although this might be, this could is this Greg Williams' last stop? I mean, how many chances does Greg Williams get? He's had some success, though, with some teams, though. He's had, some, but like, has he ever had? He's had. He had the Super Bowl success of the Saints. Otherwise, like, he makes defenses better, but like, he doesn't make defenses great again. <laughs> Man, I'm looking right now at his Wikipedia. Holy cow. I totally forgot about this. He was the Bills head coach from 2001 to 2003. Yeah. And then after that, he went to Washington, defensive coordinator, Jacksonville, defensive coordinator, New Orleans, defensive coordinator, St. Louis Rams at the time, defensive coordinator, Titans, Rams again, Browns, Jets. Yeah, he has really – he's been around, bro. 
I don't know. If you're a Raiders fan, though. He's, he's poor man Steve Spagnola. Yeah. If you're a Raiders fan, holy shit, man. That's such a big win considering they were going to go 6-6 six and six and basically. And I don't know if you were watching during the game when they were going through, like, that, that it was, like, looking like the – the Raiders season last, like it was, it was going step by step. The Raiders season, like they start hot, they go in, they lose this game. They shouldn't lose, which they did last week against Atlanta. They get blown out. Then in week, whatever they go to the jets and they lose, like it was going step by step. And yeah, they needed a miracle. They got a miracle. They're still not a playoff team currently. Yeah. Which is too bad. I really want the Raiders. Just gr- the they're, just, they're just grinding, man. I mean, yeah. they really are. This is a this it, this truly is a team of grind. I just I can just see it right now, like the, the this morning, Gruden waking up, hollering over that fence. Hey, hey, car, you up over there? How how about them Raiders? Look at that. We needed a Greg Williams miracle, and he handed it to us on a platter. That guy, not a grinder. Their, their neighbor, Bill, is like, what the fuck's going on, guys? We all watched the game. You couldn't have done this in the locker room? Can you stop screaming across my yard? And Gruden, he used a lot of profanity. Do you remember that in Hard Knocks? Oh, yeah. I love he, it. He loves dropping F-bombs. Yeah. He's not, th- he's not talking just about grinders. He's talking about fucking grinders. Yeah. Yeah, I, I want them to do something, too, because they're a fun team, and obviously they beat the Chiefs. They almost beat them a second time. I, I want to see the Raiders make the playoffs. That was a fun Chiefs game, though, last night. I know it was low scoring. Yeah, Punk? it was. It, it was a fun game. Uh, you just gotta. You just gotta. Like, it's crazy because the Chiefs are not dominating teams. They're not pulling away. They're not like their their offense isn't this like well-oiled machine where they can't like it, it's a you know it's on their defense this year like but at the same time you see no glimpses one, of it though yeah but uh, yeah and at the same time like no one's questioning them it's almost like everybody thinks this is like a early 2000 Shaq Lakers where it's like oh he's, he's taking it easy in the regular season he'll turn it on do you have any fear of them getting caught though, like with their chin exposed in a playoff game because they decided to just score 19 points. Not really because of Patrick Mahomes, because he can do things no other quarterback can do. And you saw that last night. I mean, can we just talk about like everybody loves Patrick? I, I said on this show, the last episode we did, I, I threw out is Patrick Mahomes already the GOAT? And, and yet still, Chris Collinsworth dicking down of Patrick Holmes makes me uncomfortable. How, like, how do you even call a football game with his cock in your mouth? I think like, Patrick Holmes can't do anything without – look at the way this guy wears his helmet, puts it on with the face mask in the front. I've just never seen a guy like him. And you're like, what are you talking about? Does he not deserve it, though? I Honestly, I think he overdoes it at some – like, Patrick Holmes, like – when he gets hit as he throws and his arm does like a weird thing, like Chris Collinsworth acts like he, like this is all part of like some magical master plan. It's like, look at how he waits for the defensive player to hit him in the face just so he can make a crazy throw with a guy draped all over him. Like Collinsworth, 
fucking relax, dude. Now here's a guy. <laughs> yeah. I did like Collinsworth made that. I, I'm sure he was, I think, right, he was talking about what he said Monday, and he made a joke. Did you catch that during the broadcast? Yeah. He's, he, he, he like, his, his subtle nod to his, like, apology thing. Yeah, where he basically said something along the lines of, they're always talking about me. I think that's what the line he used. Right. I would love to know what him and Al Michaels talk about when they get their steak dinners. Yeah. I, I assume Patrick Mahomes and what his cock looks like. <laughs> Jesus, Collinsworth. I also want to know what's in like Collinsworth's earpiece. Like, what is his producer saying? Like, I want to wear, I want to wear a headset and hear what Collinsworth is hearing in his whole game. Does he have like a special producer in like the truck outside the stadium? He's like, just want to remind you that Patrick Holmes played baseball. He played high school baseball. His father was a baseball player. Played baseball. Mahomes, I mean, what is Mahomes saying? Play baseball. Play baseball. Make sure he mentions you play baseball. You know who played high school baseball? Every fucking guy on the field. Really? You think that many? Most of them. I would say the majority. Of quarterbacks or just skill positions? Uh, like, yeah, I would say the majority of skill positions. And for sure, like I would say 95% of quarterbacks, rostered quarterbacks in the NFL. Let me ask you, though. I'm sensing from your end that you might see some cracks in this Chiefs team. I, I mean, in a way, I don't. But at the same time... I'll say this. When I watch this Chiefs team, I think they're going to turn it on during the playoffs. But we haven't had a repeat in the NFL since, what, 2003 or whatever it was? Like, when was, when was it that the Patriots went back-to-back? 2002-2003. Or 2003 or 2004. One of those years. Yeah. So, we've had dominating teams. We, I mean, even the Patriots, for uh, for all the rings that they won, they won only two of them back to back. Repeating is hard. Yeah. And to and to me, when you factor in just the the idea that repeating in the NFL is hard, with this, like, I, I, like I just don't think it's a sure thing. The Chiefs are winning the Super Bowl this year, although to me they're still the favorite. Well, yeah, they are, and they're the hands-on Vegas favorite. You know. I I really think, man, you take away fans. I mean, I got to say, the Chiefs are certainly lucky to be in the AFC, not having to have a, you know, a bye and then a New York Giants come into Arrowhead. But let's go. Tap the brakes, bro. Tap the brakes on that. I think the lack of fans is really going to affect it. Even last night. You know, that's a stadium that's going to have 70,000 just Midwesterners all amped up on their – Barbecue all over their cheeks. Oh, yeah. They're ready to go nuts. They got nothing else. Hey, I'm living it. I'm living it, baby. We got nothing else out here. What do you mean you got nothing else? All I hear is you guys got the quality of life. I'm kidding. You got got yards for days. Oh, yeah. We had a luminary walk in the neighborhood last night. We all lit candles. Luminary walk? Yeah. What the fuck is that? I'm a suburban house mom at this point, Joe. Honestly, what is a luminary walk? So basically, everybody in the neighborhood, we got 20 bags. We lit candles and put them on. 20 um, bags of dope? No, like, tw- I wish. Uh, tw- like Everybody bought a 20 bag. So 
It was for charity. We, we all lit up the neighborhood at the same time. So yeah, so you get a little white bag, you got some sand, you put a little candle in it, and so the whole neighborhood's lit up. Does a that make white sense? twenty bag. I see. So the whole the whole neighborhood's lit on on that cocaina. Exactly. So the whole neighborhood was basically lit up for what's called a luminary walk. And then the neighborhood walks around and the top of the neighborhood had like a folk singer and a fire pit. Dude, I, you don't understand. I, my life, when I was setting out these bags, I looked at my neighbor. How, how many black people were there? Uh, none. It's white people shit. <laughs> it's 100% white people shit. Are you even, you, you've seen where I live. I live in the whitest area. Like, I mean, my life at this point, I am a suburban house mom. I walk with the moms. I gossip with them. I talk. You don't understand. Women in their 50s, I might start dealing to them. That's the goal. Because one of them made it. Made, I was like, oh, why aren't you running? I said, my knee's real sore. She goes, you got to get CBD. And I, I wanted to let them know where I stand. I said, I come from California. I got stuff that's way better than CBD, if you know what I mean. And they laugh. And I want to be like, hey, ladies, I'll be the seller. My guy, Joe Prano, will be distributing the drugs to me. Whoa, 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 whoa. Whoa. I'm kidding Whoa. on all this. I am, I am kidding on all this. But no, for real, uh, this is my life, Joe. This is my life. This is the plot of weeds. <laughs> I know it is. I, that's what I kept saying. That's exactly what I kept saying. Which, by the way, was a great show. Did you watch that? It, was, it started off good. It fell off pretty hard. But yeah, I, it was, I, I, I very much enjoyed it the first couple seasons. Kevin Nealon? My, my, my guy, my dude. Love Kevin Nealon. And the, and the brother-in-law was awesome on that show. Yeah, um, you're right. It fell off pretty hard, but I liked it. So I'm glad that all the dirtballs know this is what I'm doing now. Coaching third grade basketball and doing luminary walks to look at Christmas lights. Welcome to my world, Joe Prano. <laughs> hey, man. Like, you're like, I'm sorry. I missed the first half of the Seahawks Giants for basketball practice. I missed the Sunday night game doing a luminary walk. It was a busy day here. Yeah, it really was. But I but I did get all my games in. You know, I got most of them in. I did miss a lot of the Packers, Eagles. So you can fill me in on what I missed. I know Carson Wentz. Carson Wentz sucks at football. Got replaced. Yeah, he got replaced. I mean, they like I don't know what it is, but there was you know, there was hinting that he what like that it was an injury replacement, but then Hurts stays in and blah blah. But like they very clearly went to Hurts late in the game because what like at this point why not you know you now have three wins in a division where the giants have five like the eagles are in basically going to be in last place in that division or tied for the last place with the cowboys you're there's no sign of improvement yeah and then jalen hurts gives them a little spark and then they get a punt return a muff punt slash return um they, they were never in that game for one second and I, i'm gonna say as as much as i am certainly not a carson wentz fan at this point um the, the people who the people who want to give carson wentz the benefit of the doubt i also see their side as well i don't think i don't think it can be overstated that doug peterson is fucking bad he's bad and really again like Carson Wentz has shown greatness now 
he, whether, he, not, I, what, whether or not that was fool's gold is neither here nor there. My point is, I don't, I don't believe even in the the Super Bowl run that Doug Peterson showed greatness. I just think he got lucky for a fucking full season. I think in 2017 when they won the Super Bowl, Carson Wentz would have won the MVP. I think that was week 13. Yeah, when he got hurt against the Rams at the Coliseum. I think he could have won MVP that year. I think he was think projected he to. I think, yeah. I think he would have. So, the drop-off. I mean, it's crazy. It's so tough to predict, these drop-offs. He definitely needs to change the scenery. Wentz? Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes, sometimes you need a mix-up. Sometimes you need to go from, like, the craziness of Venice Beach to a nice luminary walk in Anderson Township in Cincinnati, Ohio. Sometimes you need a mix-up. But now if you're like, let, let's go through it from both sides of the coin. If you're the Eagles, what's your move here? You start Jalen Hurts the rest of the year? Yeah. You're paying Carson Wentz $148 million or whatever it is. To lose? Yeah, so, but at this point, do you want to lose? I don't know. Do you want to question. see what Carson Wentz – or do you want to see what Jalen Hurts has? But then what? Then now you have a quarterback controversy going into next year. Who's taking Carson Wentz on this deal? I mean, that's a great question too. I don't know. I mean the the Eagles will have to the Eagles will have to pay the uh, the Eagles will have to pay all the guaranteed money, but like there's a lot a lot a lot more questions than answers, and you know what? I fucking love it. I almost love it more than I love how well my Giants are playing. Fuck the Eagles. Fuck their fans. Fuck their city. You're all fucking dumpster fire garbage people. I go into my. You know what? You know what's funny. Andy, I was talking about it last week on the show and saying what I want from dirt balls because I want to I want to see the good side of the dirt balls as well. Like for every angry, out, seemingly out of nowhere, Joe Prano's a piece of shit tweet that I get. I want two. I drink Miller Lite because Joe Prano told me two tweets. So that's how I'm going to balance it out in my life. But the amount of times I get like a random hate tweet. And I do 30 seconds of digging and realize that they're a fan of some Philadelphia sports team. And I've just literally been living in their head for five years. I think, you know what? You want to hear my take on that? When's the last time I talked about the fucking, when is the last time I went deep on an Eagles fans trash bag thing? Here they are. They're literally lying in the weeds and there was success and there was moments of Glory and when and and this is something I know from even my own Philadelphia friend, fan friends. When things are good, they're all happy and whatever. And when things go bad, they 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 die, they they think about all the things in their past and they go, "Remember that guy who said this? I'm gonna go fuck him." And here's this here's the status for Philadelphia people people right now. The Eagles fucking stink. Their coach is incompetent. They're paying Carson Wentz, you know, ten million dollars a fumble. The, they just hired Doc Rivers. The only more absurdly disgusting waste of money than Carson Wentz's contract is what they did for Bryce Harper, who's getting paid $800 million to be the 30th best outfielder in baseball. Penn State, has, have they won a game yet? I fucking love it. And I love, I love now 
Now, instead of getting a tweet where it's like, Joe Perno's a piece of garbage, and I go, why? Why? I love it because I know 30 seconds after that, I'll go deep in this and be like, oh, you're from Pennsylvania. I fucking love it. I think that it's a mutual street. I think you guys are both living in each other's heads. That's my take on it. I've always hated Philadelphia, but I don't think about him at all. You just went on a two-minute rant about it. Yeah, you do. Yeah, I don't think about it until things like this happen. Like just even just last night, I'm like, "Where is this tweet from?" And I'm like, "Oh, this guy's a this guy's header is Bryce Harper. This guy's header is Bryce Harper. Why don't you put a pile of cash on fire from the from the Dark Knight as your header? That, that that's the state of Philadelphia. The state of, the city of Philadelphia sports right now is a giant pile of money that's on fire. Wentz, Harper, Doc Rivers." You're rooting for a dumpster filled with cash that's on fire, and you're going to try to take burnt shards of $100 bills and try to go spend them in Atlantic City because that's the closest thing that there is to a tourist attraction in Philadelphia. Have not had a Philly rant in a long time. I know. I love it. I fucking love your last place dumpster fire, dog shit, incompetent coaches literally everywhere. Hey, Philadelphia Eagle Dirtballs or Philly Dirtballs, please tweet at Joe Prano at Fix Your Life. I, I, have a Philly, I have a Philly sports question for you. Would the Philadelphia Phillies and Philadelphia Eagles money be better spent if they did a straight-up Bryce Harper for Carson Wentz trade? Like, at least fans will come out to see, like, can Carson Wentz hit a baseball? We know he can't fucking hold on to a football. It's an odd uh, situation there. Can Bryce Harper is Bryce Harper? Can Bryce Harper throw a football? Because we know he can't hit a fucking baseball. What a dumpster fire of money on fucking fire! Hey man, to be fair, they did have a Fresh Prince reunion, so Philly's got that going. Yeah, the whole thing shot. the The best part is the greatest moments in fucking Philadelphia history are are Rocky completely made up and then the fresh prince of bel-air the whole premise of the show is thank god i got to leave west philadelphia (laughs) you can write a whole entire show about a kid from the hood escaping for greener pastures of los angeles they're like funny they're like your parents are in philadelphia he's like fuck my parents i'll go live my aunt and uncle at least they live in a fucking nice area so my buddy the other day goes he goes, you know, there's a fair amount I disagree with Prano about on sports, politics, whatever. I mean, he brought this up out of nowhere. But then he goes, I'll tell you what, though, man. I travel a lot for work. He, this guy could not be more spot on about the city of Philadelphia. He's like, that place is a disaster. And you know what the, the, the terrible part is? Is like Philly as like a, like a geographic area is okay. Just the people have ruined it. They've just ruined it. Yeah. I, I would like to go, I want to do some sort of like, you know, archaeological study on like what subsection of people showed up and then made like where are the, where is this culture of, of shit from? Like who where was this birthed? Hey man, Philly's got the history though. You know, the capital, let's not forget, the capital of the United States used to be. 
Philadelphia. Yeah. And then the fucking government was like, in West Philadelphia, the capital was raised. On the playground is where it's been most of the days. And then we got the fuck out of there, went to D.C. because it's a dumpster fire and we needed something else to see. Like, fuck Philadelphia. The Liberty Bell is fucking cracked. And so is all your sports teams. You want to talk about the New Orleans Saints? Let's go. Minute? Yeah. So Taysom Hill is what, 3-0 and now? He's 3-0. and That's probably his best game yesterday. Yeah. Passing Strong, and also running. a couple running. touchdown passes. He had like eight seasons in the NFL. He finally threw a touchdown pass. He did a huge run. And I don't know if you've read reports. There's a good chance Drew Brees is back in action for the Saints this week. And, and who do they have this week? I don't know. I'll look it up. But that was a fun game. And that came down to the Again, the Saints defense is what's saving them, man. Right. I mean, you know, you can say Taysom, Taysom Hill, best game, blah, blah, blah. But like. Hey, fitting. They're at Philly, baby. Let's go. Do you even bring – serious question. Do you even bring Drew Brees back to play Philly? Or do you just run, you know, the, the, the Air Force triple option with Taysom Hill for another week and watch the dumpster fire Eagles hand you points? I'm making an early Andy Ruther prediction. If Taysom Hill starts, the Eagles win. I love that prediction. I love it. This is why this is why fans of our show are like, I've always fucking liked Ruther better anyway. The Saints have nine straight wins. Doesn't matter who's playing quarterback. I don't know. That's a terrible prediction. It's just an early Ruther predicts. Yeah. But like honestly, I don't even know. Like, unless unless Drew Brees is fully healthy. Why I, rush I, him? Yeah. Not against the Eagles. The Eagles are going to have their own quarterback controversy. Literally, you come out and run the option, you're going to be fine. Yeah. The Eagles fucking stink. All right, I'm going to go through a couple divisions real quick, Joe. I want you to tell me who you think wins. Okay. AFC South. Colts are 8-4. and four. Titans are 8-4. and four. They have already split. I'm going to go uh, with the Titans, but I don't feel confident in that at all uh the the lack of consistency i really thought this titan season hits a, a new gear when they beat that colts team and then for them to come back and do what they did was bad one thing for the colts i'll, I'll say this about the colts the colts in 12 games have now won more games than they did for an entire season under josie brush Lay, lay off my Tugs guy. Lay off Briscoli. Hey, don't worry. He like he'll still have his chance. They extended him for a couple. He'll be there. He'll have an, he'll have a quarterback chance next year. Get a chance to beat out Rivers. All right, so you're gonna go year. Titans. I'm gonna go Titans as well. Another hotly contested division. Two eight and four teams. The Rams and the Seahawks in the NFC West. They both have pretty easy schedules down the road, and also they play each other the second to last week. In Seattle, that looks like that will be the game which will decide the division. Rams are, what, are, what are the games left, though? Okay. So the Rams this week versus Patriots, then versus the Jets at Seattle, then home again against the Cardinals. So three of their last four at home. Yeah. And the Seahawks' remaining schedule is – let me pull it up. 
They got a couple of yeah. NFC East teams, I think. Or yeah, so the so the Seahawks remaining schedule is they play against the Jets at home this week, at Washington, then the Rams at home, then at the Niners. Uh, I'm gonna go with the I'm gonna go with the Rams simply because of that Niners game. I don't like a that Week 17 Niners game could be could be yeah. their undoing. I agree. It could be tough. Well, the Seahawks obviously have to split that series. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's going to be real interesting on the stretch, and and I'm, I'm I'm here for it, Joe. I'm ready. I NFL December, I think, is one of the my favorite times of the year. I agree. Like, like the playoffs are great, but it's such a league full of parity where anybody can win, and any given Sunday. And you can never count a team out. Look at the Minnesota Vikings right now. I counted them out. I feel like I do this every year where I forget, hey, man, it's 16 games, even though you start slow or you hit a snag where they lost to the Cowboys a few weeks ago. The Vikings are in right now. Yeah. I mean, that's crazy. It is crazy. Um, do the Vikings make the playoffs? Let me let me see the standings right now. And obviously, I'm not going to go through that. It's going to bore people on air to look at everybody's schedule. Yeah, it's fine. And let me let me say this because I watched the the, the Bears uh, Lions game yesterday as well. Quickly, I think the NFC North is a two team race if Matthew Stafford plays for either of the two teams besides the Lions. I think the NFC North is coming down to the last couple weeks of the season. If Matthew Stafford was the quarterback of the bears, or the quarterback of the Vikings, both, Interesting. both better teams than the lions lions are a dumpster fire. And Matthew Stafford played fucking fantastic yesterday. I'm going to say the Vikings do make the playoffs right now, but again, and the Cardinals are out then it's just tougher division, right? Yeah. Cardinals have lost three in a row, though. And hopefully it's four. Let's go. They got the Giants this week. Yeah. So that is our NFL Week 13 recap. I want to do something a little different. We do this occasionally. Let's, let's do calls, Joe. Let's hear. Let's do it. Let's hear from the dirt balls. Uh, but before we do that, it's holiday time, dirt balls, which means you got to get some gifts. And I have the perfect gift for all the listeners, Joe Prano. That perfect holiday package from our friends at Harry's. The Harry's Holiday Shave Sets. It's, you know what I love about this gift? It's thoughtful and it's most importantly, it's practical. I've actually given this gift the last few years to my brothers. They always love it. For a limited time, listeners of Dirty Sports can get $5 off a holiday shave set right now by heading to harrys.com forward slash dirty because everybody always needs razor blades and these ones are great because they're backed by a hundred percent quality guarantee so if your guy if your brother if your dad whoever father-in-law if they don't like your shave they can get a full refund that's how great of a company harry's is and also one percent of each sale is donated to charitable organizations so by you purchasing Harry's, you're also going to be giving back, which is a great thing to do this holiday season. Tis holiday season. New customers can get $5 off plus free shipping on any of Harry's limited edition holiday shave set. I'm going to harrys.com forward slash dirty. The set comes with a weighted handle, three razor cartridges, foaming shave gel, and a travel cover, all packaged in a handsome holiday gift box. 
Don't give socks this year. Delight the guys in your life with Harry's. To claim your $5 off plus free shipping, go to harrys.com forward slash dirty. Okay, Prano. You ready to hear from the dirt balls? Do it. Let's see what we got here. Hmm. All right. We're going to have to mess with it. I thought I figured that out. We're going to have to do that. Now, Andy, what did you have calls basically as to wrap up the show or did you have anything else on the, on the docket? No, I had some more stuff on the dock. I wanted to do that in the middle of it. Well, uh, before, before we move on, since we're still like hanging on to the end of uh, a football stuff, uh, I just opened my Twitter while you were messing around and I saw a tweet from Tug Coker, uh, which great to know that Tug Coker is still reaching out to me. Uh, that golf gate hasn't soured our entire relationship. But uh, he said he, he posted something and now I feel like I've got to give the people what they want. He said he, he has a John Stewart eating popcorn gif and it says me as Andy Ruther defends Russell Wilson against fix your life today on dirty sports. And I feel like we talked about that game. Um, the question, I guess to give the people what they want, any sort of, uh, any sort of, you know, what do you have to say about the performance of your boy other than that the giants defense was good? Did you, did you feel like he let your Seahawks down? Look, I think overall, you know, I'm a Russ Stan. I think his body of work, I don't think I know his body of work stands for itself. He didn't play his best game. I'm not going to defend that. You got a good defense. He didn't play his best game. He needs to improve. <laughs> it's very, that's, it's, uh, that's certainly a Pete Carroll and not a Bruce Arians. Yeah. Uh, I'm, and, and, we're and, on, and we're on to Philadelphia. Well, and he, you know, and, and, and he has stretches where he, isn't as effective a hundred percent, but you know, my, my stance on him isn't wavering just yet. So now, now I guess again, give the people what they want, but would your stance be wavering him on, on him at all considering, or the Seahawks chance of success when you see essentially Russ, you know, picking up the gaudy stats early in the year and then, as, as teams have started to sort of maybe figure, figure out what the Seahawks are doing, playing some good defenses. You only play good defenses for the most part in the playoffs. Yeah. You worry I, at all about the Seahawks. Do you predict – what do you have for a prediction for the Seahawks? What round is the last round the Seattle Seahawks play in? I mean, I think it'll be good if they win a playoff game. A playoff game. Yeah. I, yeah, does he hold on the ball too much? Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm not going to argue that he's weird because he holds on the ball too much for sure. But then on some of those plays, I'd love to see the percentage of when he does hold on the ball too much or too long. I should say it turns in one of those deep moon balls. You know what I'm saying? If that's one out of every five, you got to cut that down. I, I don't know what the percentage is. Um, the thing I like about Ross and I've always liked is that he wins. He's consistent. Overall, he's going to have the most wins through his first nine years. He's third for most touchdown passes. Like the numbers don't lie, in my opinion, as far as how good he is. Now, he still needs to work on some things, like getting rid of the ball. So you would say he's Mr. Limited. I don't think he's limited in what he can do. 
you know, the, the crazy thing that I think we forget, again, this is year nine. Here's When you're in the pocket, Russ, here's the word that you don't want in your head as far as how much time you have to throw. Unlimited. You have a very limited amount you know of time I, to throw. You know what I think that is? I think that's ego. I think that's, that again, that he has had a lot of successful plays that have become from holding onto the ball and broken plays. But again, you, you have to, you have to weigh them, right? That's what I'm trying to say. If too many times you get sacked and then once out of every seven or eight, you get a deep pass for 40 yards, it's not worth it. Just chuck the ball out of bounds. Yeah. And I got to say, and look, uh, again, I was ready to move on to calls and whatever, but we had some technical difficulties. I, I slipped into the mentions and now, you know, I figure we give the people what they want, but I got to say, and I didn't bring this up cause I, I wasn't trying to trigger you on. I know you had a fine luminary evening yesterday or you're coming off a big third grade basketball win. Um, I, I certainly wasn't trying to, uh, have any beef this morning, but I got to say as a giants fan yesterday, there was a lot of points in that game where, especially with our offense being sort of anemic with Colt McCoy, it really just felt like if the Seahawks just ran the ball, we didn't have a lot of chance. And what gave the Giants life in that game a lot was taking heavy losses on, on sacks. And I was just like, I'm at home going, let Russ cook, baby. Let Russ cook. Well, look, I, I think I agree. I think he takes too many big losses on sacks. I also think something we've always agreed on, you got to find a balance, right? I'm all for let Russ cook. I've said in the past, I think he needs to throw the ball more. It doesn't mean I want Russ throwing the ball 40 times. There's now, mean, I think, they're now at this mean, point, I think, uh, like I don't, leading the league in like first down passes. Yeah, I don't want Aaron Rodgers throwing the ball 40 times, Joe. Right. I, I don't want Patrick, like maybe Patrick Mahomes, but. I mean, that stat that you always bring up is insane. That a guy who's thrown the most passing yards in a season has never won a Super Bowl. And we could be wrong on that. We need to, we need to go back and check that. But that applies for everybody, including Russ. And they got to get more from their running game. You know, they, they need a, a Russ. To me, the wheelhouse for Russ throwing passes is like, 30 to 32 also play like i've always said play action is is the rust cheat code that's what sets up the moon ball is that play action because it gives you time you know you, your play actions by design are longer are longer developing plays so you can get guys further downfield they they ran the stat i know you missed the games four and a half games without carson in the backfield uh, you know, he threw for 30 less yards per game. He turned over the ball 11 times. His passer rating was in the low 90s, and the Seahawks' total yards per game were 387. In the six and a half games with Carson, 30 more uh, passing yards per game, only five turnovers, a passer rating of 124, and a 425 yards sure. Seahawks total. 100%. Hundred percent. He he needs that, and 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 for them to lose that game, it's. I mean, in my opinion, it's it's unacceptable. I mean, if you're really going to push me on it, 
Like, I'll, let's like, go. I'll, like, I'll, like, I'll put that on Russ. Like, you got to just score damn points, dude. You know, I mean, you don't want, you don't want the league. You don't, if you're, you if, can't if, have less points in the third grade boys basketball team that I just coached. Yeah. Had. Yeah, exactly. That's you the end be, of day. You can't be outdueled by Colt McCoy. Yeah. And, and then get MVP votes, which is why you won't get any MVP votes. You know, you can't get for the, every consecutive year of his career. But, but I don't know what that means. Drew Brees has never won an MVP. He's a top 10 quarterback. No, yeah. I bet she's got some MVP votes in there. I mean, MVP votes or no MVP votes. Numbers don't lie. I mean, I don't think you realize, though, how good Russ has been for nine years. Oh, I realize. Do you? Yeah. If he puts up one more good season, he's a Hall of Famer, in my opinion. A lot of blanks there. I know. I'm just, listen, I just Tug didn't, Tug didn't say he wanted to hear me attacking Russell. He said he wanted to hear you defending Russell. So I was just giving you the floor. But yeah, you know, and, and me. It's a shame I didn't get to play that call because that's kind of what it's about. I'm gonna, we're going to figure it out. It's that I'm so much more mellowed out now. And that's, that was Kyle Aronofsky's call. Like, dude, what happened to Ruther from like 2013? Like, yeah. I, don't, I don't even know who this guy is now. Um, and I'll yeah, play I'm, that. I'm, I make a sarcastic Mr. Unlimited. I mean, just I'd say 18 months ago, you're, you know, you're turning over tables. You're screaming. <laughs> What am I in a wrestling match? Yeah. How dare you say? Yeah, he he he's got some limits. Yeah, I love it. But like, I will say this about Russell Wilson. All jokes aside, he's not. That's why I say about he definitely needs the complimentary. He's not. He's not on the level. I would put him at top three. I would personally but I'm still not setting as far as what he can do throwing the ball out of Mahomes or Aaron Rodgers career-wise. And, so, and it's not, it's not even Rogers, a dig at, Rogers fastest to 400 touchdowns. That was, yeah. And that's not even a dig at, at Ross. That's just saying how good those guys, like that's next level as far as how, I mean, you're already talking goat status for Patrick Mahomes. These guys don't turn the ball over. Plain and simple. And... Mahomes doesn't need a running game. I mean, it'll help him. Yeah. It'll help Aaron Rodgers. Look at Aaron Rodgers now that he has one. Talk about play action. Good luck. Good luck going against them. You can just put up points. Are you going to watch this new fight, Prano? This, this, I can't believe this is where boxing is at. This Logan Paul, Floyd Mayweather. I have news for fight fans. This is where boxing has been at for a long time. So you're telling me Floyd Mayweather is fighting a boxing match against an opponent he can actually he can absolutely beat just for the money? Oh, so Floyd Mayweather's entire career? Yeah. Wait until Manny Pacquiao was retired. It's a cool point, man. That's a really good point. Floyd Mayweather is the avoiding punches. The ducking punches and ducking fighters, king of the world. Yeah. He's not fighting YouTubers. I mean, he's a technician. 
He's one of the greatest because he knew how he knew how to win. Like I don't know enough about, about boxing, but I know you know he knew how to not get hit. And obviously, yeah. he's not knocking guys. It's not fun to watch. Yeah, he's fighting YouTubers. Yeah, I don't like. I, I've said about boxing forever. Like, like we are. I mean, we're into a second full decade of boxing being a trash joke that's mostly fixed and is now now essentially the the point that boxing's gotten into is why even bother fixing fights and having weird like oh we we've got to go this way for this guy and this way the next time so that we can have a third one or this one's got to be a draw so that there's a reason to watch another one why even do that when you can just have an exhibition and not even call a winner and no one gets punched no one gets hit like are they going to do the same thing they did with tyson is he going to be able to punch logan paul in the face do you remember when they started doing the celebrity boxings with like tanya harding and screech from sure the bell yeah that's yeah. Th- and remember it was like on fox or something that's what legit boxing is now like like think about it the the mainstream boxing is now screech from saved by the bell fighting but it's it's you know look it's the same thing as all entertainment it's the same thing as the movie business now remember when movies were good and now they just make if it's not if it's not marvel and it's not star wars get the fuck out of here now we're having to make like like dark mental illness dramas we we write them and then we go well how do no one's gonna watch this well what if what if this guy's the joker (laughs) <laughs> it's literally what they just did. They're like, what if he's mentally ill and at the end he's a clown? Like you have to, you have to fucking take. It's so like, true. Like, it like how's this going to make money? 23 years ago, yesterday, they were, everybody was sharing. He's 23 years from like Goodwill Hunting. They released a Goodwill Hunting, one of my favorite movies of all time. Goodwill Hunting doesn't get made until at the end. It's like, instead of driving off, to go find Manny Driver, he's driving off in the Batmobile because it turns out he's Batman. Like, what? <laughs> like, what are you fucking talking about? I'm going right. to see about a fucking Gotham. Like, it's, it's ridiculous. But that's boxing. Like, boxing at this point is now just, how do we sell pay-per-views? Not how do we have good fighters fighting for the championships. Yeah. And honestly, I know there's the UFC guys out there or whatever. It's like, we went through this with the UFC a couple years ago. Remember the fucking dog and pony show where like every fight has a, a like a scripted pre-fight setup. Yeah. It's a mess. McGregor's going to box and blah, blah, blah. And Is there anybody you like to see box? No, there isn't. I mean, I'm not much of a boxing fan anymore because I just got like, there was a time where I was really into boxing and just like I don't follow it all now because I'm like, in the end, even if there's a guy I like, even if it's like, you know, oh, I, Canelo Alvarez is a great fighter. In the end, I'm going to watch his fight. And I'm going to be disappointed because if he wins, but it doesn't help the sequel for him to win, then he loses. A serious it's like, question. It's, it's all a fucking scam. Who wins in a boxing match if they legit had to box in a ring? Donald Trump versus Joe Biden. Um, probably Donald Trump. I mean, he's bigger, but I think Biden would be in better shape. Biden literally just broke an ankle, like walking his dog. (laughs) 
Like, I don't even. Yeah, I don't know if I'm right at least, in that. At least Trump's golfing. Like, I don't know. But then, like, like, but then, like, Trump's makeup's in his eyes. He can't see. He's doing the blood sport. Me and Maddie Goldberg, who wins in a fight? Maddie Go- like, Maddie Goldberg's got one working side of his body. Good point. You also have a traumatic brain injury. Maddie also had a brain tumor. This is like it's, it's a whack pack fight. You know what I'm saying, who who's winning? We both got issues. Yeah. You also have size. Although Maddie does shadow box pre <laughs> pre every stand up set. I remember the first time I walked into a green room and I thought Maddie was having a seizure. It turns out he was just shadow boxing. It's like we need we need an EMT in here. This guy's about to hit the deck. What are you talking about? Just get my punches in. So something hit me this weekend, Prano. A left hook from Maddie Goldberg? No. I have not watched an entire quarter of college football this season. That's good. Yeah, it is good. I I think I watched. I'm talking talking like maybe a play here. I've been watching an entire quarter. I think maybe I watched an entire quarter of Notre Dame Clemson. Honestly, I don't think I've watched. I don't think I've watched five consecutive plays of a college football game, except for Notre Dame Clemson. Notre Dame undefeated regular season. I'm really happy about it too. And I know we have a lot of college football fans, but I, I've, I've stuck by my ground of, of they shouldn't be playing. And the fact that universities are tied to the big money from college football and the TV money and how that's a bad system. And I'm going to stick by that with college basketball. The Xavier Cincinnati game, which is such a big rivalry, was on yesterday. I didn't put it on. I said, I'm not watching it. Why are they playing? This is my impersonation, by the way, real quick. You always do impersonations. I'm going to do my impersonation of the college football scoreboard. Canceled. Canceled. Postponed. Canceled. 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 Like, what are we doing? But I'm serious. Like, how can you be? Look, guys, I'm in the Midwest with you. I'm part of you now. This this is legit. Hey, Ohio State fans, I'm here. What are you doing on your Saturday to watch shit college football? The the title of the show should be... uh... College football is white male comedians. Canceled. 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 It's true, though. Florida State, Florida. Canceled. Brian Callen. Canceled. Because now Alabama I- Vanderbilt. Canceled. Chris D'Elia, Canceled. <laughs> you know what I'm saying, though, Joe? I am here. I don't, I'm not next to the beach right now. I don't care. Like, like, it's one thing if it's, again a normal season it's no fan like the whole i don't know i just don't get it are you getting in this legitimate question guys tweet at me call in 310-359-8365 i'll figure out how it works at some point are you getting enjoyment off watching zero fans at the horseshoe during ohio state game honestly i just bet whatever gtp gt picks tells me to bet and then i just check it like it's the lottery i just check my numbers after yeah cash tickets I don't even care. I'm honestly, I follow, I follow the James Harden at a Vegas strip club Instagram drama more than I follow college, any sport. You know, what's crazy is that you, once you get it out of your system, 
you forget about it. So like take Saturday. I wasn't even with my family on Saturday or anything. I wasn't seeing friends. You know what I did? I cleaned the house. And then literally dusting, vacuuming, washing the bathrooms, cleaning the bathrooms, whatever. And I remember it hit me. I go, oh my God, it's Saturday. I wonder what college, and I go, I don't care. Like, this is where I'm at now. I'm not watching college football because they shouldn't be playing, in my opinion. And also, it's not fun when half the season is canceled. It's, it, I've never seen a bigger debacle of a sports season ever. You think the NFL is bad. How can you justify who wins this year, ever? When they play six games, seven games. Don't care. I will say, Joe, I've set the top five high scores on Galaga. I did accomplish that on Friday. Wow. Was that your goal, to like have the entire scoreboard? I had it, but then my brother Greg, it turned into an eight-and-a-half-hour bender. I texted you. He was in his work clothes. He stayed here. He goes, I'm not going to bed until I cracked the scoreboard. And, and, then it, and then you took it back? No, he never cracked it. Oh, wow. Yeah. Pretty impressive. I'm not going to lie. Talk about an athletic feet. <laughs> I'm going to have to figure out this call thing. I swear. We got some good calls today. I agree. But guys, the hotline is 310-359-8365. Drop us a line. We'll probably mess with it after this show. If you want to help out the show, and you want some free koozies, drop an iTunes review, and I will send those to you. Just leave your Instagram or Twitter handle. That way I can DM you. I'm actually sending them all out this week. I'm getting caught up, I promise. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Dirty Sports. You can check me out at Andy Ruther. What about you, Joe Prano? At Joe Prano on Instagram, at Joe Prano on TikTok. Uh, Fix Your Life on Twitter. I'm on Cameo if you want a Christmas, the digital Christmas card sent to you. Uh, I have comedy on all kinds of streaming platforms like Apple Music and Spotify. Just put my name in and uh, keep drinking Miller Lite and send me pictures of your your Christmas dec- decor with you enjoying a crisp, cold Miller Lite. Perfect. Dirtballs, love you guys. Have a great week. And as always, don't forget, stay dirty.